If you didn't bring a Bible with you this evening, hold your hand up real high. The ushers have some extra Bibles. They'd be glad to let you use one. And let's all go to Mark, the ninth chapter. Mark chapter 9, and let's continue talking about faith for miracles. Faith for miracles. Hallelujah. Let's pray before we read this and go into it. Father, in Jesus' name, we agree together as touching this and asking you for utterance, strength, brightness of mind, every one of us, eyes that see and ears that hear and hearts open to discern, understand. Grant a supply of the Spirit, the anointing that teaches, the anointing that liberates. Give us, Lord, answers to questions and direction for right now. Unfold to us what's been obscured to us. And we purpose not to be hearers only or forgetful hearers, but by your help to be doers. And we know when we do, you will manifest and perform your word in our lives and we will see miraculous things and we will experience miraculous things because you are real and you are good and you do good and wonderful things. And we give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Mark 9 and verse 17. One of the multitude... He said, Master, I brought to you my son, which has a dumb spirit. And wherever he takes him, he tears him, and he foams and gnashes with his teeth and, and pines away. And I spoke to your disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. You know, just because well-known ministers fail to get results through prayer or ministry, that does not prove it wasn't the will of God for somebody to be healed or delivered. No, that doesn't prove the will of God. He answered him and said, Oh, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him to me. So what Jesus said here reveals what the problem was, why they weren't seeing results. What was it? Faithlessness. And they brought him to him. And when he saw him straightway, the spirit tore him and he fell on the ground, wallowed, foaming. So he's, he's having some kind of a seizure. And he asked his father, how long is it ago since this came to him? And he said, of a child. So he's been this way a long time. And oft times it's cast him into the fire, into the waters to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus answered and said, no, God put this in your life. For mysterious reasons. But God had him born like this. Or caused this to come. And I know you don't understand it. But he's working some things. No. No. Men have developed these doctrines. But Jesus never said anything remotely like this. Are y'all with me friends? It's real simple. If it's stealing and destroying and killing from people's lives, it's the devil. It's not some kind of blessing in disguise or otherwise. Are y'all with me, friends? 
Now I know this goes crosswise with a whole lot of preaching. But we need to get it straight. It's so simple. A two-year-old, three-year-old could get it clear. God is a good God. And he does good things. The devil is a bad devil. And he does bad things. That's not just something I came up with. How many know John 10.10 says as much? What did Jesus himself say? The thief comes not. But for to steal, kill, and destroy. Well, who's the thief he's talking about? He's not calling himself the thief. He's not talking about the father being the thief, is he? Who's the thief? Well, if it's stealing, if it stole something from you. Come on, help me out. If it stole something out of your life, who was it? Was it God? But don't millions of Christians believe some form of that? God took our baby in that car accident. No, he didn't. Now, it's wonderful that the child is with him. And you'll see him again soon. But don't say that that God needed another angel in the choir. That's not true. That's just not, not Bible. That's something men came up with to explain what they didn't understand. No. There is a devil. There is an enemy. He's a killer. He's a murderer. He's a thief. He's a destroyer. And he's also called the God of this world. Which also happens to be full of stealing, killing, and destroying. Is that right? But some way or another, people get in church. And they try to say that all of this destruction and havoc... They try to say the result of earthquakes and hurricanes and, and wars and some way or another, God's in all this. Well, where's the devil at? Huh? If God's doing all that, where's the devil? They don't even want to acknowledge that there is a devil. No. If you've never heard anything along this line, The Lord helped us some months ago with a series called You Choose. And we camped on it for months. And and if this sounds strange and new to you, please take advantage of that. Get in there with us and go through all these scriptures. Now, I'll just tell you ahead of time, some of them may make you mad. (laughs) But if you'll stay with it, you'll get glad by the time it's over with. Because too many Christians believe too much junk. Too much religious tradition that's been imposed. And if you grow up with something all your life and your parents and your grandparents believed it and it's been taught in your denomination for generations, people assume, well, that's right. Everybody believes that doesn't make it right. It's because it's been around for hundreds of years. It wasn't right when it started and it's still not right. Oh, but the truth. Somebody help me out. Now, the truth. What will the truth? The truth will absolutely pick you up, turn you around, slap you sideways and strip all the junk out of you and free your mind and free your soul and free your life and make you free. Somebody say, give me some more truth. Give me, give me some more truth. That's the same thing as saying, make me more free. Make me even more free. Did you know where you sit? 
you are not as free as you can be. Amen. Amen. Well, I think I am. Well, I think you're not. <laughs> because that would imply that you know you have a full revelation of all the truth there is to know, and you're walking in the fullness of all of it. And I and know that's not right. <laughs> but the good news is, if you are free in any degree, it's because you got some light, and you got some truth, and you walked it. And just as free as you are now from where you used to be, you could be that much more free again, and even more so as we find out the truth and become doers thereof. Said out loud, I love the truth. Lord, show me the truth. No matter what it corrects, no matter what it contradicts, I want to know the truth. Show me the truth. Now, if you're serious about that, he will. But I like I already told you, when he does, some of it will make you mad. Some of you go, whoa, 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 whoa. We've, we've believed that all our life. I know, and it's been wrong all your life. He didn't say that any of this was the will of God or that God had done any of this in this man's life and family. What he did say in verse 23 when the man tried to put it all on him and said, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us, which millions of Christians are doing that today. They try to say it's all up to God. He could if he would, but it's not up to us. Jesus disagreed with that too. Verse 23, Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. People say, well, you're, you're those faith people I see. You keep talking about believing. Actually, I'm reading what Jesus said. Jesus was a faith preacher. He talked about faith all the time. Didn't he? I reckon he was one of those. He talked about the word. Didn't he? And he talked about faith and believing repeatedly, over and over and over again. Straightway the father of the child cried out in silver tears, Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. We should be honest and humble about where our faith is. It does you and me no good to pretend our faith is beyond where it actually is. And we should forget about trying to impress anybody else. With where our faith is. Because that means nothing. Our faith is in God. It's between us and him. And he knows where we are. Sure can't fool him. And what good does it do to try to fool somebody temporarily? If your faith's not there. It's not going to work. Not going to get results anyway. They're going to find out eventually. So playing games and pretending. There's just no place for it. In faith. So this man said Lord I believe. But see, as soon as he did, he's looking at the situation, how long it's been that way. I'm sure the enemy brought to his mind the disciples. They just tried to cast out and pray, and that was a total failure. And you know, you get tired of trying things and them not working. Don't you? You get tired. This has been this way for years. Years. And so he, when Jesus looked at him and said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. Man, can you imagine Jesus looking you nigh 
and telling you that? It went all over him. And so it just popped out of him. He said, I believe. And then a thought hit his mind. He said, whew, help my unbelief. Help me get the rest of the way there. Do we need to ask the Lord sometimes? Help me get the rest of the way there. Lord, I'm believing as much as I know. But I'm struggling some here. Don't play games. Don't try to act like you know more than you do. Don't try to act like your faith is stronger than it is. Just get busy about getting it stronger. He'll meet us where we are. But not where we're pretending to be. Keep reading. Jesus saw that the people came running together. He rebuked the foul spirit. He said, you dumb and deaf spirit, I charge you. Come out of him and enter no more into him. And the spirit cried and rent him sore and came out of him. He was as one dead. Insomuch that many said, he is dead. It looked like it got worse. But Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him up so he's not dead. He got up. He arose. When he came to the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could not we cast him out? And if you read Matthew's account, his initial answer was, because of your unbelief. And then he also said, and this kind comes forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting, which is the way to deal with this. They were into some pride and into some competition. We talked about all that in previous lessons. And the way to deal with that is to put your flesh under. Fasting is hard on your pride. If you get the feeling too big for your britches, just miss several meals. Kind of helps put your perspective back where it needs to be. Turn off the things that you like to do and fast your hobbies and your entertainment. Do some fasting. It'll help get you back where you need to be. Go with me to the book of James, please. James chapter 2. Now we talked about some of the important things to know about having faith for miracles. And we went over three, uh, we could call it the big three, in obtaining a miracle. Does anybody remember what the big three was? Three things that have to happen. If you're going to have a miracle. Number one. You got to hear from him. Faith comes. By hearing. You have to hear from him. And he'll speak to you. By his spirit. Through the word. Through the preaching of the word. Through others. He'll speak to you by his spirit directly. But when he speaks to you. The anointing on the word he speaks to you is a quickening word and causes faith to come. We saw scriptures where it said, before faith came is a phrase. In Galatians, I believe it is. So uh, where was faith before it came? Or let me say it like this. What was there before faith came? (laughs) Well, it wasn't faith, Right? Wondering, confusing, hope so, desire, right? Fear, unbelief. But then there was a time when faith wasn't there. But then faith came. And now faith is there. Now it doesn't mean you didn't have the ability to believe before that. You did. But you weren't for whatever reason. Any believer has the ability to believe. 
In fact, unbelievers also have the ability to believe. Elsewise, how could you ever become a believer? How many would acknowledge you used to be an unbeliever? All right. Well, how did you become a believer? So there was a time when you didn't have faith in Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And that you were born again. Your name was in the Lamb's book of life. You didn't have faith for that. You didn't have full confidence that if you died that night, you'd go to be with Jesus. But then faith came. I tell you for sure, there was some preaching involved in that. Is that right? There was some preaching and teaching somewhere in there. You heard some things. You heard the words of the Lord and it was anointed. And when you heard it and you saw it, that it was true and that it was right, you made a choice. Choice. You chose to believe. And then you chose to act on what you believed. You might have knelt down by your chair where you were, prayed the prayer and received Jesus. You might have come down the aisle to the altar. You you might have been in your car. Whatever it was, you prayed a prayer. You came down the aisle. You did something. You acted on what you chose to believe. Say that loud. I chose to believe and I chose to act on it. And you know what happened when you did that? I said, do you know what happened when you did that? A miracle, a miracle happened in your life. Old things passed away. You became a new creation, not your body, not your head, not your mind, but your spirit. The inside of you. A miracle happened. Your spirit wasn't healed. It wasn't fixed. It was recreated. This is, a, if you want to compare it, in, in many ways it's a much bigger miracle than the biggest healing you ever heard of. Because a healing, even if it was replacing body parts, is still repair work on an existing structure. But we're talking about your spirit becoming a completely different creation created in God's image firstborn uh, after the order of the firstborn I'm trying to say he Jesus now is the firstborn of many brethren you're one of them you're made in his likeness and image you're not internally an old sinner saved by grace you were an old sinner You did have the nature of sin in you. You don't anymore. You got it in your flesh. But not inside you. What's inside your heart? The Bible said the love of God has been shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit. You got the Holy Spirit in you. The life of God in you. The love of God in you. And if we yield to that part of our being. Our life will go right. But if we yield to our flesh. We'll go wrong. Walk in the spirit. And you'll not fulfill. The lust of the flesh. 
Now, uh, three things, three, the big three in obtaining a miracle in your life. Help me out. Number one, you have to, not optional. <laughs> you have to hear from him. If you need a miracle in that area, you have to hear from him in that area. Y'all with me, friends? Number two is what? You must do whatever he was he told you to do when you heard from him. You must do whatever he told you to do. And then number three is not even your part. He does it. He works the miracle. Now look in James. Let's talk some more about this. James chapter 2. James chapter 2 and down about verse 14. He said, what does it profit, my brethren, though a man say he has faith and has not works, can faith save him? Put up, if you would, the, uh, the amplified on this. I know it's wordy, but there's some things I want you to notice here. What is the use? Now, the things in italics and brackets those are not actually in the text. So I don't always read all of those. What's the use, my brethren, for anyone to profess to have faith if he has no works? Can faith save? Keep going. If a brother or sister is poorly clad and lacks food for each day, and one of you says to him, goodbye, keep warm, well fed, Without giving him the necessities of the body, what good does it do? Why is he talking about this? You told him, keep warm, be fed, but you didn't do anything physically or materially. You said, I believe it's the will of God for you to be fed and warm, and I want you to be, and I'm for it. And I believe it. And I believe in it. But how many understand when you get through with all your exhortation and you leave, they are still cold and hungry. So how much did you really believe in what you told them? Keep going. So also faith. If it does not have works, deeds. By itself is destitute of power, inoperative and dead. Now here is something we need a revelation of. Faith is not faith. The Bible describes different kinds of faith so-called. The Bible talks about true faith, genuine faith, precious faith, unfeigned faith. Well, if there's unfeigned faith, what else is there? Feigned faith, which is pretend. There's real faith and there's phony faith. Can you tell the difference? That's too weak. Well, it's something to think about, isn't it? And it's one reason we're talking about these things. And see, this is one of the reasons why there's so much confusion. Because not everybody that talks about faith or says I have faith or says I'm doing this in faith 
is actually in faith. And then when people see some of the catastrophes that happen with some folks when they're calling it faith, then they try to brand all of us and say, well, that faith is just a bunch of junk. And they don't realize now they're slandering something Jesus himself said. We must learn to distinguish between what's real and what's phony. You want to know? Ask the Lord. Say, Lord, teach me. Say it right now. Father, teach me, I pray. Show me the difference between phony faith and real faith. Believe you receive it. Look for it. Expect it. That includes in our own life. That means there will be times that he'll put a finger on it and he'll say, that's not faith. Talking about in you. And you'll have to go, sure right, Lord. And uh, one day I was driving uh, in the car and uh, I made a confession about I'm believing for something. And, and then I was just kind of fuming about some things. I was frustrated about it. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, son, you're not in faith. Faith isn't frustrated. <laughs> what you going to say? What do you say to that? Let me tell you what you never say. I am too in faith. That's <laughs> stupidity. Isn't it? Rebellion and a whole bunch of other things. You don't do this. I'm doing the best I know how. Another dumb thing. I remember the Syrophoenician woman. When the Lord said it's not fit to take the children's bed and cast it to the dogs. And what would she say? Truth. Truth, Lord. What does that mean? Do you say us Syrophoenicians act like dogs? Bow wow. That's. You are right. If he's. I mean if he said it. He's not trying to be mean. He's telling her the truth. And if the Lord says you're not in faith, what do you say? Lord, you're sure right. Then you need to say what that guy said. Help me. Right? Help my unbelief. Help me to get in faith. And he'll smile and say, I was hoping you'd say that. He's already got something for you. And the thing about it, you can wallow around in unbelief and self-pity and fear and months and years. And you get right with God, and just like that, I mean in a moment's time, you become a believer. Full of faith, strong, confident. Things start happening. Faith, if it doesn't have works, deeds, by itself is destitute of power, it's dead. Now the word dead here is necros. It means dead like dead corpse. It's also used for corpse. Here's something else we need to learn. Not all faith is the same faith. There is such a thing as dead faith. Have you thought about that? There is what people call faith, and yet it's not real faith. It's phony. It's feigned. Pretend would be a good word. And there's also what some people call faith, and the scripture talks about it. It's dead like a dead corpse. Somebody said out loud, dead faith. Dead faith. Well, if there's phony faith, what else must there be? Real faith. And if there's dead faith, what else must there be? Live faith. You want you some of that live. Is that right? Live faith. Living faith. This will explain a lot of things. You hear sometimes people rattling off scriptures and rattling off confessions 
And you want to agree with them, but you can just tell it's dead. It's just dead. There's no life in it. There's no quickening in it. It's just dead. There's a deadness to it. Why? It's dead faith. It's faith. But it arrived DOA. (laughs) Keep reading, 18. Someone will say to you, you have faith and I have works. So now James says, well, show me your faith. Apart from any works, if you can. And I, by works, will show you my faith. What's he saying? What's the Spirit of God saying to him? You can't demonstrate faith without action. There's no such thing as true living faith that never does anything. Any more than a real live body that never moves. If you see a body and it hasn't twitched, it hasn't moved in 10 days. I mean, not one motion. What do you know? It's dead. dead. And you see somebody supposed to have a lot of faith and they never act on what they say they believe. What is it? Dead Dead faith. That faith is dead. Something happened to it. It's not living. It's not alive. The same word is used describing a type of faith as is describing a corpse, a dead body. Keep reading. You believe God is one. He's talking about what you believe. You do well. So do the demons. <laughs> we talked about unbelievers could believe. I reckon demons can too. What do they believe? They believe and shudder. The Amplified gives a uh, an explanation here. In terror and horror, such as make a man's hair stand on end and contract the surface of his skin. It bothers them. That's why when you resist the devil in the anointing, what does he do? He splits. He's out of here. He's scared of the anointing. He's not scared of you after the flesh, but he's scared of what's in you and what's on you. Because what's in you is God. What's on you is God. The authority in the name of Jesus is God. Verse 20. Are you willing to be shown. You foolish fellow. That faith apart from works. Is inactive. Ineffective. And worthless. Is there a worthless faith. Inactive. Ineffective. Dead. Corpse like faith. How would you know it's a dead faith. Never does anything. Won't do anything just talks about what it believes. I believe this. I believe that. I totally believe it. I totally, totally, (laughs) I totally believe it. Okay, let's go. Let's do it then. Well, I'm going to pray about it. You don't believe it. Your faith's so dead I can smell it over here. Your faith has passed away. In that area. Now you might have faith in another area that's living and doing fine. But your faith for that is inactive and dead. Keep reading. Was not our forefather Abraham justified by works 
when he brought to the altar as an offering his own son Isaac. Keep going. You see that faith was cooperating with his works. Faith was completed and reached its supreme expression by works. Do we know whether Abraham believed that or not? Ain't no way to doubt it. Right? When God told him to do it, did he believe it? How we know he believed it? He loaded up the donkey and left the next morning. Is that right? In greater faith conference, we went over this and over. Every time the Lord told him to do something, what happened? So what does that prove? He believed it. He believed it. He believed it so much that he didn't hesitate to act on it and to do it. And did he get miracles in his life? Yes, Yes, he did. Let's go real slow through the big three. How you get a miracle? Come on, help me out. Number one, you got to hear from him. Why? Because you don't even know what to do. Number one is not do something. And they say, well, faith without works is dead. Yeah, and works without faith is just as dead. The Bible also talks about dead works, doesn't it? Have you heard the phrase? So you got dead faith and you also got dead works. What's dead faith? Faith with no action. What's dead works? Action with no faith. See, some folks have mistakenly thought That action was all there was to it. And if I'll just act. I'll kind of force God's hand. So if I'll throw my medicine away. You know. God will have to heal me. (laughs) No honey. Uh uh. That's not true. Well if I you know. If I'll do this or if I'll do that. You know. It'll move God. No, the action is not going to move God. You come back to this. Did he tell you to do that? And see, a whole lot of things, people, they never sought the Lord. They never heard from him. They just decided they're going to do this and demonstrate their faith. And God's going to have to show up. And that's where you have some of these terrible things happen. And people die. People are destroyed. And then folks go, see, that's that's. Messed up. That's bizarre. That's error. It proves it. Well, no. All it proves is that they did something without faith. There has never been a case of somebody stepping out and doing what God told them to do and it failed. Never has been a single solitary case. Not one ever. Come on. That's true. Never. There's been a lot of cases of people that stepped out and did stuff God never told them to do Come on. and failed. But that wasn't living faith. It could be presumption, presuming, assuming, any number of things. Tell me what number one is. Help me again. Have to. You have to hear from him. And then number two. Now here's the thing. You can have heard from him. But if you don't. And gotten faith from what he told you to do. And you can be sitting there. on Sitting on some faith. 
Real faith. You can be having a real word from the Lord. And at this point, nothing happened. You can actually have heard from him and have faith and have no results. Unless and until you'll do what? Number two, you'll do what? You will actually step out on it. Because it's not till you step out on it till the power is manifested. Go with me, please, to the book of uh, Luke 5 and Acts 14. Excuse me, I didn't finish reading James either, did I? I'll just finish reading it. You go to Luke 5. You see, when you got two or three fingers stuck holding places in the Bible, you're getting into the Word. <laughs> see that? He said, do you not see, verse 22, how faith worked? I'm reading the King James now. Wrought with his works. By works was faith made perfect. The scripture was fulfilled that said Abraham believed God. It was imputed to him for righteousness. He was called the friend of God. You see then how by works a man is justified, not by faith only. Likewise, was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messengers and sent them out another way? Now you talk about a contrast. Abraham, the most famous faith man's ever been. And who else? Rahab, who's known universally as the harlot. Why would the Holy Spirit put these two together? Because, my brother, sister, it doesn't matter who you are or where, come on, or where you came from or how much you knew. If you will hear from him and step out and do what he told you to do, you will get a miracle just as quick as Abraham, the friend of God. And I don't care who you think you are. If you won't step out, it's not going to happen for you. Me or you? He went on to say, verse 26, For as the body without the spirit is dead. So see, this is in keeping with what we found out about the definition of dead. Necros, it means a corpse. As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is a corpse. Just like the body without the spirit is a corpse. It's exactly the same way. Body without the spirit is dead. Faith without works is dead also. So what does my faith have to have to get any results? There's, i got to act somehow. I can't just say I believe. i got to act on it. i got to do. And how do I act? See number one. How do I act? Not just doing anything that crosses my mind. Because action without faith is going to be a train wreck too. What do I do? I do. You say what Jesus said. I only say what I hear my father say. I only do what I see my father do. Did Jesus get miracles in his life? Why? He heard from the father. He did what he told him to do. And the father showed up and did it. It is no more complicated than that. In Luke chapter 5 verse 17. Luke 5, 17, it came to pass on a certain day, as Jesus was teaching, there were Pharisees, doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. There's a big crowd, and a big crowd of preachers. 
well-known preachers. And uh, the Bible says, the power of the Lord was present or there to heal them. Do you know he's always been the Lord who is present? The Lord who's there. Do you know he's here right now? He's here. And you know he didn't come without his healing power. He didn't leave his healing power at home. When you talk about healing and you talk about faith and you talk about God, just like when you talk about salvation and being born again, whatever the the Spirit of God is anointing to be talked about, the power of the Lord is present to cause that to happen. Power of the Lord is present to heal them. Now, do you think he's talking about them Pharisees and doctors too? It'd have to because that's the ones he just got referring to. Now, these rascals are here to find fault and take notes and secretly videotape and, you know, or whatever. Really, they're trying to catch him and stuff to get him in trouble. Verse 18, and behold, men brought in a bed a man which was taken with the palsy. So he has a certain amount of paralysis. And they sought to bring him in and to lay him before Jesus. And keep going. And they couldn't find a way to get in because everybody had taken up all the seats, all the fault finders and scoffers. And the power of the Lord's present to heal everybody in the house, but nobody in the house is wanting to cooperate. And here's some guys want the healing and can't get in. But they didn't let it stop them. Because if you got real faith, if you got real alive faith, what's going to happen? You're going to act. You're going to do something. They couldn't find by what way to bring him in because of the multitude. So they didn't tell him sorry and took him back to the house. They went up on the housetop, tore off the roof, let him down through the hole they made in the man's house, on his couch in the midst before Jesus. Now, this is a sight to behold. Is that right? You heard noises up above. Dust starts falling down. Pieces of roof and ceiling start coming down. It's messing up the preacher's hair, getting on their suits and robes. And then so a face appears. Excuse me, excuse me, just a minute. Coming down, coming down. And they lowered this guy. Can you picture him? What's he look like? They're letting him down. Right in the middle of the whole deal, right in front of Jesus. Now, why would you go to that kind of effort and trouble? Why? Why would you? Because you got a live faith inside you that believes healing is in here. Healing is in here, and I can get it. That's why you'd never do all this. Verse 20. When he saw their faith. Whoa, whoa, whoa. When Jesus did what? He saw, how do you see faith? How do you see faith? Faith is of the heart. Faith is what you believe. How do you see faith? There's no way they'd be doing these things they're doing with the heart and attitude they're doing it with. Unless they had some faith in them. Whose faith? Their faith. Who? The four that brought him had to have faith to do it. And the man himself has faith. He wouldn't let them drag him up on the housetop, I guarantee you. He'd have shouted, don't you dare take me up there. 
No, drop me. I got enough problems as it is. I bounce off this rooftop. No. What'd he say? Get me up there. Whatever it takes. There may be some dust. There may be some tiles here. Okay. Whatever it takes. Keep going. He said, man, your sins are forgiven you. Wow. He wants all the condemnation out of him. So he's ready to receive the next thing he's about to tell him. Now here's a whole lesson in itself. What's the number one step of getting a miracle? You got to hear from him. What's supposed to happen next then? Do whatever he says to you. Like Jesus' mother said, whatever he says to you, do it. But do you know what will keep you from stepping out boldly? Condemnation. Shame. And guilt. If you're full of that, you will not step up and boldly act. Elsewise, why would the Lord tell him this first? He knows why he's there. Why would he bring this up? Why would he tell him this? Because if we don't get this taken care of, there's no need in telling him in the next part. Because it's going to take guilt-free, shame-free, confidence to act on this next thing he tells him. He said, man, your sins are forgiven you. I believe this man believed that. I believe he heard Jesus. He saw his eyes. He thought, oh, thank God. Thank God. I'm forgiven. All my mistakes, all my mess ups, all my, all my failures. I'm forgiven. And while he said, oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Father, for forgiving me. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving me. Verse 21. Scribes and Pharisees. Who is this? Speaks blasphemies. Who can forgive sins? And they are so ignorant, they don't realize they could be getting healed right now. And when you got this kind of stinky attitude, you know you're going to have some problems. Is that right? They could be getting healed right now. But instead, they're finding fault with Jesus' doctrine. Keep going. When Jesus perceived their thoughts, he asked you, so what reason in your hearts? Whether it's easy to say your sins be forgiven you or to say rise up and walk, which one's harder? Which one's easier? This lets us know It's no harder to receive a healing miracle than it is to receive forgiveness of sin. You say, I don't know that I believe that. Which one can you do? Neither one. So why wouldn't it be just as easy for you? He said that you may know the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the sick of palsy, I say to you, arise, take up your couch and go into your house. What has just happened? What has just happened? He has heard from the Lord. Come on now. Now let, let's back up. Back up. Rewind. If you back up a verse or two, does he have some faith? The Bible said Jesus saw their faith. Because they obviously had heard about the healings and the things that were going on. Had enough faith to let them drag him out there. Had enough faith to get up on the house. Had enough faith to get down in front of Jesus. Had enough faith to get there. But is he healed? No. No, Not one bit better in his body. Not one bit. Why? No action. No action. He believes. Does he believe in Jesus? Does he believe in the power? Does he believe in healing? Certainly. Him and his buddies. They believe it. They believe it strong. They believe it tear up a man's rooftop strong. They believe it strong enough. Nothing's going to keep us from getting in there strong. 
And yet, if you stop right there, he's not one bit better. Believing that has not made one bit of difference in his body. Can you see that, friends? That's why sometimes people say, I don't understand why they're still struggling with that. Because, you know, they're a strong believer in God. What does that mean? You believe God is real? You believe God is mighty? You believe God can do a miracle? That's not all there is to it. Let's go over the steps again. Number one. Number one. You got to hear from him. So if you need a miracle, what should you do? You should get to praying and seeking God. Come on, are you listening to me? Seeking him, fasting him. If you got to physically speaking in your place, tear up some rooftops, whatever it takes for you to press in. And you need to hear from him about this. Quit playing around. Quit just watching eight hours of TV every day. Press in and say, God, what do I need to do on this? Tell me what to do. I have to hear from you. Tell me what to do. And when he speaks to you, it may be right out of the Bible. It may be a verse or or, or, or a couple of verses. Or it may be something the Spirit of God says to you. It's totally in line with the Word. But he speaks to your spirit. But just like this, what did he say? Get up. Get up. Take up your couch. And go to your house. Now we stop right here. Is he healed? Nope. He's not healed. Are we about to find out if this man really believes this or not? Are we? When you do hear from the Lord and tells you to do something, you'll go one of two ways. You'll either start crying and say, I can't. If you'll heal me, I'll be glad to get up and leave here. But I can't. I've been like this. I've tried everything. They've tried everything. Nothing can be done. You'll start crying. You'll start pleading. You'll say, I can't. I can't. I can't. And you're stuck. It's not just that you can't. You don't believe. Because if you believed, what would you do? Hmm? Can this man get up in his own power? He can't. He's paralyzed. Verse 25. How do we know he had faith? Why is he in the book? He immediately, sounds like Abraham, don't it? Immediately, he got up in front of them. Oh, somebody say glory to God. Do you believe this really happened or not? He did what? He's paralyzed. How does he get up? How does he get up? He didn't just decide sitting at his house that he's going to do something. And prove his faith. He didn't just decide he's going to throw away his medicine. Or he's going to jump out the window and believe to land on his feet. (laughs) Now I know that sounds funny. But have people done all kind of stuff. Trying to move God. But that's not how it works. What do they need? What do they need? Number one. What do you need? Have to. Hear from him. Has he heard? Did he hear from him? Get up. He could have told him a lot of things. What he told him, you get up, take that mat that they brought you in here on, and you came in on the mat, but the mat's going out on you. He's the God who turns things around. He got up, took up his mat, 
Is this a miracle or is this a miracle? Come on, is this a miracle? Is this a miracle? This is a miracle. This man was paralyzed seconds ago. He got up and went to his own house, glorifying God. Oh, somebody say, hallelujah. And they were all amazed. And they glorified God. And they were filled with fear. And they said, we have seen strange things today. And we have no record that any of those Pharisees or doctors of the law got their healing that day. Even though the power of the Lord was there, present, to heal them. One more, I think. Do you think it'd be worth a little time if just a couple of people got stirred up and got a miracle? Huh? But the truth is, this works for anybody. Everybody that will believe. What did he tell the man? If you can believe. All things are possible to him that believes. Sometimes people say it desperately. Well, it's going to take a miracle. Good news. We know somebody. Huh? I said, we know somebody. That for him, miracles are just common operation. It's not hard for him. How in the world are we going to get this fixed? Half of these organs don't even work. This is even gone. This is broke. This is severed. This is, how's this ever going to work? Relax. You ain't going to do it. I'm not going to do it. None of us have to do it. It's not our job. You can just breathe a sigh of relief and go, whew, glad about that. I don't have to try to do any of that. I don't have to try to heal myself or heal you. I've had people come up kind of, you know, snarky talking about, well, uh, you, you say you believe you got the power to heal. Heal me. You want to just say, no. <laughs> I never said I had the power to heal. It's amazing how people want to, you know, they don't know anything about it. They're totally ignorant of faith in God and healing and, and desperately need it. But all they want to do is fight. No, I'm not the Savior, nor are you, nor is any other man or woman that you know. He is the Savior. And he is the healer. And he is the deliverer. And the need meter. Hallelujah. All he needs is some faith out of us. And wonderful things start to happen. New births. Healings. Infillings. Deliverances. Restorations. Somebody say, I believe in miracles. I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. Acts 14. Acts 14. You see this kind of thing continued through the ministry of Paul and Peter and others after Jesus has ascended on high. So it didn't just happen in Jesus' ministry only. And the Bible tells us he was doing it as a man. And he told us if we believed on him, we'd do the same works. Didn't he? But again, you see exactly how it works. In Acts 14, Paul is preaching in this area. Came to pass in Iconium. They went uh, both together into the synagogue of the Jews and so spake that a great multitude, both the Jews and Greeks, believed. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and made their minds evil affected against the brethren. Do you need to watch who you listen to? Because if you listen to the wrong thing, you can the enemy through them can turn you against people that you should believe in. Amen. Made their minds evil affected. Keep going. 
Long time, therefore, abode they speaking boldly in the Lord, which gave testimony unto the word of his grace, and granted signs and wonders to be done by their hands. Somebody say miracles, miracles, miracles. But the multitude of the city was divided, and part held with the Jews, and part with the apostles. When there was an assault made both of Gentiles and Jews with their rulers, to use them despitefully and to to stone them. Imagine that, wanting to kill somebody because somebody's gotten healed and got a miracle. They were aware of it and they fled to Lystra, Derby, cities of Lycaonia, and into the region that lies round about. Now, you know, sometimes you just need to leave town. You don't need to stand there and make confessions and say, I'll be protected. You don't need to stand there and quote the 91st Psalm when the Lord just got through telling you, get out of town. If you're trying to do something contrary to what he told you, then that would be dead works, works without faith. Can you see this? If the Lord told you get out of town, where's your protection? Out of town. Where's your blessing? Out of town. What's it time for you to do? Get out of town. Now, if he told you to stay, no matter what it looked like was going to happen, he can protect you there just as well as you can out of town. But again, you have to hear from him. Keep going. The Bible said there they preached the gospel. Man, I like this. What did they preach? Reckon that's the same gospel you and me supposed to be preaching and, and believing. They preached the gospel. Keep reading. And there sat a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, being a cripple from his mother's womb, who never had walked. So he was born with some kind of deformity and had never been able to walk. He's a grown man. So now for decades, he's never taken a step. And he heard Paul speak. Now let me stop right here. What is he hearing Paul preach? The gospel. The gospel. And Paul steadfastly beholding him and perceiving that what? Perceiving what? He soon might get. No. No. He what? Had faith. How did he get faith to be healed? How does faith come? By here. What did he hear? Oh, this is something good right here. Back when Paul preached the gospel, you could get faith to be healed from hearing the gospel. Back when Paul preached the gospel. I've had people Contest me and say, we don't believe, we don't, we don't preach all that healing stuff, all that thing. We just preach the gospel. <laughs> oh, yeah? Must not be the same gospel Paul preached, because when Paul preached the gospel, people got faith to be healed Amen. from hearing what the Bible calls the gospel. Amen. The good news must include healing Amen. and deliverance. He must have been preaching not only that Jesus carried our sins and bore our transgressions, but that he also carried our sicknesses and bore our pains. He had to be telling them something for the man to get faith to be healed. But I want you to notice, Paul, you know he's doing a good job preaching. You know this is Holy Ghost service and Holy Ghost message. And you know the Bible tells it right when it says the man has now faith to be healed. And yet, he is not healed. Is he? He's not healed. As far as experiencing it. Why? 
Tell me how you get a miracle. Number one, you got to hear from him and then you have miracles. No. No. Faith without action is a corpse. And dead faith gets no miracles. Gets no results. What do we know has to happen for any miracle to happen in this man's life? He's going to have to do something. Is that right? See, how many people don't understand that? They think they just beg. Please, God, heal me. Please, God, heal me. Please, please, please. I'll do anything. Please, God, set me free. Please, God, meet my needs. It didn't say, you know, all all things are possible to him that begs without ceasing. No. That's not how you get a miracle. You have to hear from him. And once you have, once you have, I said once you have, you're going to have to believe you can do whatever he told you to do. And how many know he will tell you some stuff to do? Won't he? He will tell you some things that you'll look at it and go, how in the world can I do that? And everything about your senses will tell you, you can't do it. You can't do it. But if you listen to that and you buy into that and you refuse to move, you won't have a miracle. Paul perceived that he had faith to be healed. Does Paul know what needs to happen now? By the Spirit of God, he does. And in verse 10, Paul said, I need to talk to you after the service. (laughs) Make an appointment for us to counsel. No. People talk and they 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 talk and things don't change. It's such a waste of time. It's all head and flesh. No. Living faith is willing to do what Dr. Lillian B. Yeoman mentioned about it. She said God delights in his children stepping out over the aching void with nothing underneath their feet but the word of God. Did Jesus do this more than once? Did he tell people, get up? Yeah, but they couldn't. Yeah, but they did. Did he tell man with the withered hand, stretch forth your hand? Yeah, but he can't. I know for years I thought, well, he extended his arm. Didn't say extend your arm. He said, stretch forth your hand. That's the part that's withered. That's the part you can't do. How did it happen? When he, in faith, made the effort to do what he could not do, and he reached the end of his ability to act on that, he met the power of God. You're not going to meet the power of God sitting at the house talking about what you believe. Every miracle that Phyllis and I have experienced personally has worked like this. Every miracle we've had in the ministry I mean this, the church in Branson, we talked about that earlier. The church right here. What you going to buy it with? How you going to get it? We didn't have it. Looks impossible. And people would think, why would you buy a big place like this? You don't even have a congregation. Start off sensible. Rent you a little place and do this. I mean, think about our Greater Faith Conference. We had a pretty good crowd. 
If we had started off with something that seat 200, we couldn't have that meeting. We'd already be having three or four services. Come on, are you listening to me? And we'd be in another building program. As it is, glory to God, here we are. Got room to grow. Got room to grow. The Lord knows what he's doing if we'll listen. But when he dealt with us, go to Branson, go do this, go to here. That first building we got, me and Phyllis just shook our heads at each other. I I didn't know we were going to have a church. I just had, I got it clear in my spirit. What's the first step getting a miracle? Hear from him. We're supposed to go to Branson. That's all I need to know. Here we go. We went. I thought we're just moving our ministry. So we're looking at a, Phyllis used to be in some real estate years ago. I said, well, you know, I'm going to stay in here and pray. At this condo up there we have rented for a little bit. And, and I said, if you see something, you know, maybe you could find something that would seat, you know, maybe even a couple hundred people that we could uh, shoot TV or something like that if we need to, you know, a place for us to have. So she calls and says, you need to see this. I said, what? She said, uh, you need to come see it. I said, what is it? She said, well, it, it seats, what was it, 2,800? And I said, really? What do I need to see this for? She said, you need to come see it. <clears throat> so I did and both of us standing in there no money no money and the Lord dealt with us this is yours get it you talk about seeming impossible how and we did everything we knew to do to act on it nothing nothing everything we tried to do folks said no no sorry no 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 especially when folks find out what size is your congregation? Well, right now. Right now? Nobody. That doesn't beget confidence. And so finally we reached the end of our ability to act on it. And we came back to the condo. And if you would let it, the things that you had just encountered business-wise would have discouraged you. But I looked at her, she looked at me, and we just sat down and we prayed. We said, Lord, we've done everything we know to do. Show us what else you want us to do, we'll do it. We're at a complete impasse. Next morning, what was it, about 7 o'clock? Somebody's calling us. One of the owners. Can we have breakfast? We said, sure. Before the day was over, we had a deal. Somebody say, glory to God. Then just a matter of months, it was ours. Another couple of years, it was paid for. Oh, somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. But how many know if we had sat where we were and said, we can't do that. We can't do that. There's no way. Then you had never have had a miracle. You would have never found out the rest of what to do. And if you hadn't acted on it, come on, can you see when Jesus said, stretch forth your hand. Come on, hold up your hand. We said, stretch, stretch forth your hand. His hand was withered. How do you stretch forth a withered hand? He's tried so many times and it didn't work. What do you do? What do you do? If the Lord tells you to stretch it out, what do you know? His commands are enablings, empowerments. So you reach that hand and you just make plans. I'm going to stretch it out this time. I don't care how many times it didn't work. I'm going to stretch it out. And here we go. And you do everything you can in faith. Believing the rest will come. And there comes a point where you reach the end of what you can. And you meet what he can. 
And you didn't do it. But it works now. You didn't do it. But he did. And you just got a miracle. It can happen so fast. It can happen quicker than you blink your eyes. What'd Paul say? Make an appointment. Come on, help me out. What'd Paul say? Are you reading? Are you there? Come on, help me out. What'd Paul say? He said with a loud voice. So I'm in good company when I raise my voice sometimes. Is all that really necessary? Well, you get enough in you, you'll start acting excited too. He said with a loud voice. He's looking at the man. Come on, get the picture sites. I know I'm taking some extra time, but I believe it's worth it. This man is sitting here with faith to be healed in his heart, but he's not healed. Why? Because faith without action is dead. Dead faith gets no miracles. And sometimes the Lord uses your spiritual leaders to help you. Amen. In this case, how did this man hear from the Lord? He heard through Paul. Is that right? The Lord said to me some years ago, he said, my people are not getting the full benefit out of the gifts that I've given them. Talking about ministry gifts. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. He went on to help me to see it's because they're not giving them the place in their life. They don't respect them. They don't listen to them. Phyllis and I have talked to her about before. Some of our people that have been going through difficulties. We've prayed for them, prayed for them, got direction. And told them, do this. And they won't do it. They tell us they can't. They won't do it. They just act like that was something we just dreamed up off the top of our head. Or it doesn't matter. And it makes you hurt. But... They just don't respect the anointing enough or the ministry place enough to give it any credence. And I'm not saying let a man or woman tell you what to do. you got the Holy Spirit. But if the Spirit of God is giving you something through your leaders, if you'll be honest, you know it. There'll be a quickening in you. Is that right? Now you'll have to deal with the same thing that man had to deal with. What happened to him when Jesus looked at him and said, if you can believe all things are possible. He said, I believe. And then what happened? Immediately, here's all this unbelief in John. But he had to push that down and push past it. If you're going to get a miracle, you've got to do some things differently than people in the world do. You've got to respond differently than most people do. Because most people don't get many miracles. What did Paul do? Is this bold? You might say, well, I don't like people talking to me in the service directly. <laughs> do you want a miracle? What did Paul do? He said, you. Man said, me? You! Get up! Get up! Get up right now! Get up! Did he say it loud? Yes. Loud. What does loud mean? Loud. What's loud mean? Loud. Why did he, why did he say it loud? Why? Why? Why you got to do all that? Friend, faith is real. Faith is spiritual. And when it's there and the iron's hot, come on, are you listening to me? When, it, when the sun's shining, Make some hay. When the faith is there, don't wait till people cool off and get in their head and slide back into reasoning and sense realm confinement. 
He's there. Paul is preaching. The gospel is hitting this man and sweeping over him and flowing over him. And as he's hearing it, he's thinking, I believe that. I believe that. I believe every word of that. Just like he's preaching it. And living faith is inside this man for him to be completely made whole. And yet, he's not healed. He's sitting there with no changes in his body. Until, with the help of the Holy Spirit and the man of God, he yells at him. (laughs) Didn't he? Yells at him. Get up on your feet. Get up. Get up. And what did that man do? What did that man do? He has never taken a step in his life. He's never taken a step in his life. And yet, he pops off of that seat like he's got a spring. Boom! Up he comes. And he leaped. And he walked. Somebody say, miracle, 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 miracle. He leaped. And he walked. Somebody say, he leaped, he leaped. Yeah, but he can't. Yeah, but he did. Yeah, but he's never taken a step. He can't. Yeah, but he did. He did. Oh, somebody say glory to God. And if you read the rest of the story, it moved the whole region. The whole area heard about this and they had revival and riot. But it wasn't just dead, nothing happening. Things were going on. Can you say amen? Stand on your feet, everybody. Oh, thanks be to God. Somebody say, thanks be to God. Lift up your hands. Oh, somebody say, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory, just close your eyes. Just close your eyes. And whatever it is that you need a miracle in your life, everybody needs some miracles in their life. Everybody does. Not just a few people. Everybody. Some seem more pressing and urgent than others, but everybody does. I want you to say it out loud. Father God, I believe in you. I believe in your son Jesus. And I confess him. Lord of my life. I receive forgiveness. Cleansing. Washing of the blood. I receive full salvation. And I know you want good things, including miracles, in my life. And I'm asking you for these areas that I'm dealing with. Show me what to do. Let me hear from you, please. And if you've already told me, forgive me for not listening or not acting on it. And please tell me again. Bring it back to me. Help me to see whatever you told me that I did not act on. And by your grace, it'll be different this time. Thank you for working miracles. In my life. Hallelujah. Oh, praise you, Lord. Praise the altar workers. Would you come up here, please? Thanks be to God. Somebody say, thanks be to God. 
Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. How many know he does financial miracles? Financial miracles. He does marriage miracles. Family miracles. Miracles with children. Do you believe it or not? Hallelujah. 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 Oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Whatever he says to you, do it. Do it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. They're going to sing. We're going to be dismissed as we sing. But if you prayed that prayer for the first time tonight, don't run out of here. Come down to the front. These folks are ready to pray with you, shout with you online. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, are you coming back to God? There's a number on the screen. Call. Let somebody celebrate with you. Somebody rejoice with you. I have an anticipation in my spirit. I believe you're going to be hearing read from these pulpits about miracles. Come on, do you believe it or not? Miracles. Outstanding things that happen because somebody heard from the Lord. If somebody had the faith to just step it out and do it. And a miracle happened. And we're going to give him all the glory. We're going to praise him and tell everybody that he did it. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you for being patient and staying with me tonight. And uh, I don't believe we're just a preaching to be a preaching. Something's building in us. Uh, our faith is coming up. Our, our confidence is coming up. God's doing something in our midst. So I want you to just say it by faith. Miracles, Miracles. are happening, are happening. In, my life. in my life. Miracles. Miracles. Outstanding things. Outstanding. Manifestations, Manifestations of God's goodness. Of God's mercy. Of God's power. Mighty power. Are happening. In our churches. In our lives. In our families. In our finances. In our bodies. Miracles. Are happening. Here. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.